Previously on All Day, All Night. Brandon K., we questioned your sexuality. How are you holding up since our last recording? Um, I've been... Still questioning? (laughs) Still thinking about that one. Still mulling it over. (laughs) My name is Olivia Van Sky, and that's Mr. Brandon K., who is a very good, healthy sport. That's true. You're a good sport, and you have some great questions that we are going to try not consciously to not make sexual, but we're going to try to stay on topic. All right. Sound good? Yeah, these are all good questions. I believe it. To, you know, just talk about. Ooh. Yeah. These could be episodes on their own. Is that what you're saying? That was where they came from. All right. So what does that mean for our listeners? Let me get into my game show voice. What that means is if you heard a topic that you really want to talk us to talk about from last episode and this episode, feel free to send us a message and we'll talk about it because we want to talk about the things that you want to hear. Totally. That enthusiasm is contagious, Brandon. Totally. Can you tell that I am tired because the voices come out when I am tired? <laughs> I shall drink the monster while you say the questions. Okay, the questions. Okay. Cost doesn't matter. You can buy one thing to keep your whole life. What do you buy? One thing to keep my whole life? Yeah, you can't like buy a mansion and sell it or something. Something you're going to get use out of, like a boat or like, a spaceship. Is it possible to buy something? Like, does it, is it, like, magical? No, it has to be or like, reality-based. It's uh, like, I'd buy a business, but what happens if I get a bad business? Because, like... Here's the thing. If you have this unlimited resource to buy whatever you want, well, I want something that makes me unlimited resources and continues to do that. Yeah, like a fully functioning business. Yeah. And so, like... It doesn't go under. Yeah. Because, like, I wouldn't have... Like, if you get a business and you can't, like, maintain it, like, they... Like... You know... I'm very, this is a hard question. I I think I'm going to say a business, but I don't think that might be the smartest choice of answer. And I'm not really sure what is the smartest choice of answer, but I would like to find something that continues to generate revenue so I don't have to work my whole life yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Be a corporate slave. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. I'm in a dark place, Brandon. Bring me out. Um, Be would, the sun. I would. Uh, I would buy a mansion. Is that why you use the mansion? That's your example. So I, I, <laughs> what kind of question is this? You start off so strong yeah. with the other ones. Yeah. I think there was a buildup, right? Brandon, yeah. let's make this more realistic. Okay. By more realistic, I mean easier to answer. Yeah. What would you buy if it can't be for functional use or to make more money 
it has to bring you joy the acceptable answer that i'm hoping you'll say but you probably won't the sex robot uh just because i like a callback i would like to see flight of the concords live yeah that'd be rad i would like um you know what i'd really enjoy is getting like a fully functioning theater room yeah. in a house that I theater. own. So I could watch whatever I want. But I'd want like HBO and FX cause, and VH1. And those are specific for three shows. And I will give you a dollar if you can guess which three shows that I would be doing i guarantee you're not gonna get all three like, yeah there was one so hbo what show on hbo that's an easy one the game of thrones hell yeah okay vh1 true crime no it's not true crime <laughs> that's what you have netflix for okay so vh1 i'll give you a hint uh-huh. um we Rock, talked about it on the show rock of love no we talked about it on the, the show rupaul's drag race oh yeah that's on VH1. Yeah, they moved to VH1. They used to be on Logo, but now they're on VH1. Moving forward. Yeah. Last one, FX or FXX. Nip Tuck? No. What we do in the shadows. Now let me tell you about this. Imagine The Office, like the show The Office, but with vampires. Nice. It's really funny. And speaking of Fly of the Concords, Jermaine... From Flight of the Concords, he produces the show. He's very cool. And this weekend, I splurged on myself and rented, like, the movie that this is based on from, like, like, I think it's based on some other thing, too. But they made a movie with kind of, like, the same vibe in New Zealand. And it was by Jermaine and then the same guy, and they produced it. And Jermaine was actually in the movie, Mm -hmm. and he was hilarious, of course. But they have it here, like the U.S. version, and they're all in Staten Island. And they have this guy who's really funny who, oh, what was that British show? I don't remember the British show, but they were like office workers, and he was like the lead boss, and he's so funny. He's really, really great. I love it. You'll love it. Please say you'll watch it. I'll give it a try. Give it a try so we can talk about what your vampire persona is. You already you wanted me to watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, too. I did, but that was because it would be great, first of all, because it's like, um, it talks about mental health in a really positive way. Also, it's really fun, and it talks about, like, political issues and things and, like, a really interesting story structure in the way that it, like, combats stereotypes is extremely interesting and clever. And it's a musical, so that's really fun. That's that's probably what I would lean toward. I like musicals. But what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know this is like so sidetracked. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> it's to be expected. My boyfriend, Dylan, I can't get him to watch a movie or a TV show. Like, ever. Mm-hmm. He hates it. Seriously. He will fall the fuck asleep. It has come to the point where it is a major problem in our relationship because I cannot handle him falling asleep 
because I'm like, I really want you to watch the show. And then he falls asleep. And it's because he works hard all day. And, you know, like he has valid reasons. And I'm just nitpicky because there's like you always have to have something to complain about and work on. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. He has so many great qualities. I think it's kind of a testament to be like, this is the one thing he does that bothers me. Is he falls asleep during movies. Meh. Keep in mind, we watch movies at like 11. But he actually likes the show. Yeah. He stayed awake for the whole thing. That means it's good. And I wasn't the one who initiated the next episode. He was. The Shadow Show? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's good. He wouldn't like the musical. That's true. He's, he's, he likes YouTube videos and he likes things that are like short and quick and very. Um, snappy. Yeah. He likes snappy stuff. He's very intelligent and he's super into political stuff. And so a lot of the um, things that I've learned about politics are specifically because I want to be able to hold a conversation with him about things he enjoys. Yeah. Because I don't really care about politics, but I learned to care for my boyfriend. What was the question? (laughs) I would buy it like a like a movie series. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's something I think about a lot. You have to think we about could make videos. It'd be awesome. Yeah, we could. We could make videos. Someone else would do all the work, though. That's true. That's what we need. Because yeah. you and I, we're comedy gold, my yeah. friend. Yeah. Like, let's. Imagine our egos are balloons and just fill it with hot air. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, yeah, I mean, just having someone to document what we're doing. We just need producers. Producers, all right. Because we have so many great show ideas. Yeah. That could be an episode. An- animators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just need, like, like, you know those podcasts who have, like, thousands of fans yeah. and they're like "Ooh, we love your show here's this blah, 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 blah. we made an animated thing for you like we did blah 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 i think that's what we need i think we need fame but yeah. is that realistic <sighs> we are the artists my friend yeah we're the artists we're in the beginning stages beginning stages of success is it delusional <laughs> stay tuned all right what's the next question all right. If you found out definitively your life was a dream, how would your life change? Well, first of all, um, my hair would be purple. Yeah. I'd change my hair color like Nymphadora Tonks. Hashtag, um, is Harry Potter trivia really that useless? (laughs) Hashtag, questions sexuality episode. Hashtag, lots of callbacks. Yeah. Hashtag, asshole. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Purple hair. That's like that's flying. Like just do like weird things. Like ooh, why do things have to have normal proportions? Why can't I be a hot person already? <laughs> like I've been called hot. Uh-huh. I don't believe it yet. That's a perception issue. For sure, Brandon. How would your life change if you became acutely aware that this is all a dream? The first thing I think about is like. This is a nightmare. I need to wake up. (laughs) Seriously. Um, The first thing I think is like that I don't have to like 
it becomes very selfish. It becomes like, like I don't have to live up to anyone else's. I don't have to please anyone else. It's just about my own happiness. So your initial reaction isn't, ooh, I don't have to pay taxes? Because <laughs> I never figured out how to pay taxes. Well, it, do- it dun, depends dun. if we have control over the dream or not. Like, cause, like, oh, that's a very interesting point. Yeah. Like, or is it lucid dreaming or is it? Ex- you didn't say lucid dreaming. You just said it, you became aware of a dream. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You're on to something, my dude. The, the, the reason this question came about was I, I said we should have an existential we should have an existential topic day. Oh no. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like my mind is putty uh-huh. and like those questions they stretch it until all that's left is this thin little thing and you go with you know what i mean where it's like so thin you're yeah. like what is this it's see-through right and there's like holes forming and yeah. like ah. that's a really good analogy and so for me <laughs> yes i would love to do that but i would also need something structured to bring me back you know like a rubber band or a putty no. container Shove me in a box. <laughs> Call me pretty. Little ball. Um, let's move forward. <laughs> Here he is, keeping us on track. What is the some- train conductor <laughs> running in the same direction as the train? That's how I uh, deal with my existential questions. Is I just move on to the next thing. I think that's your job here. What is something in your life you judged unfairly only to realize it was actually awesome? Hmm. <laughs> You're smirking. Because <laughs> I have a dumb answer. <laughs> okay, dumb's good. Myself. Oh. There was a time when I thought, meh. Mm hmm. There was a time when I was like, ugh. But now there's a time where I'm like, hmm. It's progress. Let's break it down. Yeah. So, so you start off with like, eh, I guess I'm okay. And then, ugh, I don't like myself. Why can't I leave myself? And to, hmm, like, let's see what happens here. Am I awesome? I've been told I'm awesome. I've been affirmed by many people. Do I believe it yet? I'm not sure. And I think that really boils down to never having closure with anything. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to I always want to be moving to the next level. And there's this feeling of incompleteness that I carry where I have to keep going and going yeah like okay so we've talked about this before my mom's competitive right right and so even my best work she'd show up and she has like years of experience and would be like this is my work right and so even when i felt like i was done i never got that like closure feeling of I've achieved the pinnacle. Right. 
And I'm not saying that it's a thousand percent because of that. I think this just is an example of like the types of situations I had in my childhood where this feeling of completeness, it would be pulled away. Even with where I lived, like let's go there. I moved around a lot as a kid, like a lot, uh-huh. a lot, a lot. And it was all in the same area. But there were times, like, I moved from Santa Ana, like, Garden Grove area, to Huntington Beach. It was a very big transplant for me. Yeah. And I lost a lot of friends, and they're always like, oh, I'll call you, I'll talk to you. But they never picked up a phone. Mm -hmm. They were children. They don't know better. They don't know how to maintain friendships. I get it. Now. But during, there's this whole feeling of instability that comes with having to move from place to place i will say this though my parents are pretty fantastic i did ask for it once we were in this home and i didn't realize they couldn't afford it right i was just like this is a place i'm like can we please stop moving and i think they started to realize that i wasn't able to make friends right because i would be moving from school to thing to thing to thing you know yes and the problem with moving from school to school to school is a lot of friends are made in kindergarten. Like a lot mm-hmm. of lifelong friends you make in kindergarten. And your parents get along and you start hanging out. Or it's like when you're very relatively super young. And when you're moved around, like I went to an elementary school in fifth grade it was very hard for me to make connections with people from that area because I didn't have those roots with them. Mm-hmm. I did make friends. It was teacher assigned friends like, ah, you guys, you sit next to each other, be friends. Yeah. But it wasn't like the same level of friendship that you have. And I've struggled to maintain friendships. Because I don't understand how to have that deep rootedness. Right. I've worked on it. I think I've been doing a bit better. They're more like they can be inserted a little bit. Yeah. Do you find that you have trouble making friends? Did you move around a lot? I moved around a lot. I moved around every two years. Shit. And uh, in fifth grade, I met my best friend. Mm. He was, he, you know, he was my best friend. Mm-hmm. He moved away, but um, that must have been hard. Well, he moved away when I was like twenty-five. <laughs> Still, yeah. Um, Don't invalidate your <laughs> your feelings. So I met my best friend in fifth grade, and we were friends through high school. Um, but it was like I moved to Hemet, and then I moved away, and then I moved back, and then I moved away and back. So I kind of had the same, I could, people did recognize me mm. because I wasn't there the whole time, but they remembered me from fifth grade. Mm. Yeah. Did you have like a feeling of incompleteness or instability? Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like that still affects you now? Definitely. Well, with that truth bomb uh-huh. and depressing note, let's uh-huh. go to a break. All right.
two years. It's time to move on. <laughs> <laughs> to the next question. Okay. What's the next right. question? And welcome back from the break. I've got a... I made it through the joke. I giggled um, like a little bit where I was like, hey, it's just a two years. All right, so this one's based on a book I'm reading. <gasps> what book are you reading? It's called Peace Pilgrim. Oh, that's so different than what I'm reading. <laughs> what is it? Mindhunter. What's that? It's the story of the FBI's first profiling unit with serial killers. Mm-hmm. And it, like, psychologically... They have, like, a Netflix... You're not into true crime, but, like, bruh. It's good. This is about an old lady. She gave away all her possessions and she went on a walk for peace. See, there's there's a difference <laughs> yeah. in the literature that we're reading. Yeah. So I feel like I've read a lot about hippy dippy stuff. And so I'm now moving into my other interests, which are not so hippy dippy. Oh, okay. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah. She talks about how she found enlightenment. Hmm. And she gave away all her possessions. She left everything behind. And she would walk around the country. Did she have family? Um, she never mentions them. But she Interesting. Likely, she probably did. Nah, she's old. Uh, friends? Yeah. Animals? Yeah. She, she, sa- she says that she people told her to stay, but she went against all of their you know, warnings and said, I have to do this for me. And... Hmm. Um, and the person she was before she became enlightened, you know, didn't really mean much to her. So she became, she changed her name to Peace Pilgrim. And she went around, she traveled the country on foot, 25,000 miles, and did not buy, did not have any money to buy meals, only accepted meals if they were offered to her. I feel like there might be some good lessons in there. Yeah. However, I think that's impractical, to well, say the well, least. Well, that's what she says is if you have faith in God, then, you know, you're going to be... I have faith in God, but I also think that, like, you have to interact with the world and you have to be realistic. I don't think her, that her, my faith wavers just because I want to be She says she, she, I mean, she has her shirt that says Peace Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. And people had like seen her on TV and stuff, mm. and then she would be, she would always have a smile and be like, "Hello, let me tell you about my peace program," and then that would kind of lead to. Them. Sounds like a cult. That would lead to them buying. Her it food. sounds like a cult. So, if you were told that a walk across the country where you left all possessions and friends behind would lead to spiritual contentment, would you go? <laughs> so. For me? Yeah. <laughs> and if y'all don't know what that is, Brandon used to say that all the time until I started making fun of him. Then he changed, which is why you make fun of people. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been having a little bit of trouble lately um, leaving the house. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. I mean, especially if there's like no one to hang out with, nothing to do. I don't really have that internal drive uh, to leave Netflix alone like that right. by itself. It keeps you company, Netflix. It really does. 
I remember we had um, someone we were possibly going to have on the show, but they moved away. Um, he called me out on it. He was like, that sounds like depression. And I was like, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Fuck! Like, how dare you call me out on my own bullshit? The fuck is this? A genuine friendship with mutual respect? How dare you? Like, so indignant. But he was right. I apologized. I told him he was right. I changed. I watched less Netflix. I'm working on my patch jacket and trying to develop more hobbies. Like sewing, which is not tied to video games Mm -hmm. and things of an addictive nature. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone could be really addicted to sewing. Is that a thing? Could you be addicted to sewing? Maybe an old lady. I think um, there's a lot of possibilities for women. Even in old age. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's a possibility. But I think this whole concept of you must do X, Y, Z to achieve spiritual enlightenment mm-hmm. or contentment is a lot of bullshit. Okay. So we can start there. Yeah. Because, all right, like, all right, mala beads, right? There's different types of mala beads. Mala beads are used in meditation. They're also used in the religion of Buddhism. And they're also like, you see them in a lot of different iterations. But let's just talk about mala beads from my yoga teacher perspective, right? I've seen mala beads go for conservatively about sixty to eighty dollars. What is that? Most yoga stores, wow. websites online, there are like nice ones, right? They look good yeah. and they're well made. And if you feel like the time and effort and like the spiritual energy that you feel like you're putting into the necklace is there and that's the price for you, great. But it sets this bar, and people don't realize you can go on Amazon again for like two bucks. But even so, what if you don't have that kind of money to spend like two dollars? What if you don't have two dollars? It's this idea that I have to have this thing to get to spiritual enlightenment is a really wrong mindset. Mm -hmm. Now, this may be. I don't want to call out specifically what religion I'm referencing, but a lot of it from religion to religion, religion, the key person that you should focus on is yourself mm-hmm. because either God is going to talk to you, some other being is going to talk to you, or you get to talk to you, but you are the actor and the enactor of enlightenment. And this idea that you would have to leave all these things behind to get that creates like this whole, you need to be a hermit. You need to do this. And I really don't subscribe to that idea at all. I think enlightenment is achievable for everybody. Regardless of whether you want to do that. Like, go to you. Yeah. I hate that phrase, but it's applicable. You do you. You do you, boo. 
go out, walk across America, go on foot, be like the elders in India where a lot of the times like they'll reach this point in their life where they're like, I don't need possessions. I'm going to go the wilderness. Yeah. Or at least they used to and like a really long time ago. But take all that. If that's what you feel called to do, do that. But it's not unrealistic for you to have a spiritual contentment and a spiritual practice in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Even with you, Brandon. Even with me. When you're driving. Yeah. Being mindful of your interaction with your car, with the world around you, with yourself, the energy, or whatever you want to call it whether that's like God's love or just love in general or just plain old science, just science. Think about all the intricacies around you, all the structures that are required to make you, Brandon K. driving your car. That could be a way just that thought process of appreciation and gratitude can be a realistic way For you to reach spiritual contentment. Mm -hmm. And if you ponder it long enough. Who's to say. Because I'm not. That you can't reach enlightenment. By just meditating. On the way that you interact. With everything around you. And how it interacts with you. Being more conscious. Of not only yourself. But your environment. Yeah. You make a good point that. You know, like her point would be like it's a distraction. People are a distraction. Grow Things up. Things are a distraction. Grow up. But and as far as enlightenment goes, like you should be able to interact with whatever, whatever's really around. You can't like make your whole. Mm-hmm. You can't customize your whole life to like be a hermit. So, I said grow up. Yeah. To an old woman, who says to be peace pilgrim. <laughs> And I stand by it Uh because life has distractions. When you withdraw from society, withdraw from people, withdraw from your friends, that's called depression. (laughs) No, she went and lived a life where she met new people constantly. I know, but just like think of it that way. (laughs) She left all of her things. She isolated herself from her friends and family. You have to read the book. I'll I'll read it. But right now, it just sounds like an extreme disassociation from her life because she was unhappy. And instead of making, like, changes that could have helped in that life, Mm -hmm. like, if you feel like you have too much stuff, try minimalism. Mm -hmm. It's a real thing. You don't need that much stuff. You could have gotten rid of it. You don't have to go to these huge extremes where you get rid of all of your things. All she had was a comb and a toothbrush. Yeah. You could do that and actually live in a place and not rely on the kindness of strangers of offering you or things like that. You can literally do that by yourself. So nothing appeals to you about this this way of living or... No, it appeals to me greatly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But it's not realistic for me. Mm. And it's not something I think 
because this is going to sound gross. I don't think it really belongs in modern society. Mm-hmm. This idea of the hermit mm-hmm. going and giving away all of your possessions. We live in a materialistic society and that withdrawing and it, it just sounds so superior. Like I need to be superior to other people by not having another thing. It sounds she's, like a complex. She's totally on her own journey. That's why I don't think it's our place to judge. I do. <laughs> I judge all I, the time. I think you could learn a lot from this book. I could. I think you'd be like, you know, I never thought of that before. I've I've fantasized about going into the woods in a cabin. Yeah. And not like a cabin cabin, but like a witchy cabin. And then just growing herbs and befriending all the animals. And like Dylan's like, can I come with? And like I say yes, but initially he's not there. Nobody's there. It's just me in the woods in my cabin just by myself. And people will come along maybe down the path and be like, oh, look at that old witch over there. Like, you know, like the healer who's like removed from society. Like that appeals to me greatly. But I belong as a part of society, as do you and as does everybody. We all have a place to fit. We all have a role to do. And it's not a healthy line of thinking to think like, oh, get rid of all my possessions for spiritual contentment. Especially when you can get there by just changing the way that you look at things. That is such an extreme example of what she needed to change her mental shift. Yeah. I think that's really dramatic. It's, and by the way, judgments. It's two different ways of thinking. Judgments. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get there. Yeah. Do you know what neurons are? Uh-huh. You know how in your brain... You have like synapses and neurons and your brain makes connections when you learn things. Mm -hmm. That's where the judgment comes from because you learn things. Yeah. And so not only is it okay for you to have a judgment, it's okay to voice it as long as you acknowledge that you shouldn't be holding that judgment against people. Yeah. Right? So if I were, let's say, to meet Peace Pilgrim, and change my mind. She's dead. Hey. Meet her. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll meet her grave. But if I were to meet this woman, right? If I have the humility enough to acknowledge that I could be wrong, which I do. I always think I can be wrong in everything. And change that judgment. And you have that flexibility in mind of saying like, hey, this is my opinion. But I can be wrong if you prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That this was her, her PC culture of we're not allowed to have thoughts and opinions and right. voice them and not have a discussion. Yeah, it's not helpful. It's not helping you get anywhere. It's not helping you communicate. In fact, what you're doing is you're saying I don't want to communicate this because I don't want to offend anybody. And what you can do is tell me, no, Olivia, you're wrong because. This is a way that she achieved this, and that's what she needed. Yeah, and, and her way that she spread her message wasn't like, hey, go do this like I'm doing it. Oh. It was like, go find your own inner peace, or whatever that takes. Mm. But, but that's I misconstrued the whole thing. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Flexibility, right. humility. 
No. But, I just leapt on it and I was like, yeah. But she, but like for her, it was her decision. Mm. But she was saying that everyone should just fight. She was just spreading the message of peace. Mm. Peace between countries, peace between ourselves, peace well, between people. That being said, light question here, super light. How do you think peace can be achieved? You know, that big judgment word, you know, I think that that's one of the things that has to be addressed. Yes, thinking needs to be addressed. Our capacity to think. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very <laughs> pro-judgment. I think it's important to judge people and to judge situations and to use your thought processes to make judgments. But, but, but it's the holding of judgments right. I object to. Right. I think that in our society, we've gotten to this point where making a judgment call can be so fluid. Do you know what I mean by that? No, it's just very wishy-washy. Nobody says definitive. I haven't heard people make definitive statements. Like, I appreciate how you've been making more definitive statements towards me. Mm. Like, I enjoy a good debate. Mm -hmm. I really do. And I think it's very important that people state their judgments and their opinions very clearly and are open to a dialogue about it. Because that's how you interact with people have the capacity to learn and in a way that's respectful. At no point was I like, because you think this, blah, 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 blah. There's no ad hominem attacks to you. This is just your ideas, etc. Yeah, communication would be another way to achieve peace. Mm -hmm. Being able to communicate your ideas with other people. Mm -hmm. I agree. So we solved it. Brandon. Yes. What's something? So, can you elaborate a little bit more on how you feel about judgments? Judgments. I think that people, we come into this dream, <laughs> this, mm-hmm. this life, and we are raised a certain way, mm-hmm. and we encounter certain things, mm-hmm. and then we just latch onto that, like, that's bias. That's not necessarily yeah. judgment. Yeah, so I'm talking about unhealthy judgment. Oh. And, and you know, that's me judging. That's me judging judgment. No. <laughs> Don't. Um. Don't do that. We're so, not putty. Uh, <laughs> putty. So, uh, so you're, you, you, you learn the wrong things, and then you take uh, your judgments on people, and you say, you know, this is how they should behave based on something that, you know, was wrong to begin with. So what you're alluding at, uh-huh. let me just cut to the chase here, because <laughs> uh-huh. I like to do that, uh-huh. as you know. Uh-huh. Racism, sexism, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's judgments people make. Yeah. I'm not sure those strictly adhere to judgments as a criteria, because, all right, <sighs> Let's unpack one thing at a time. All right. Judgments, if we're talking about racism and sexism and all these other things, what I think you're really talking about is biases. Mm-hmm. 
And just to clarify, I'm not really talking about biases. What I'm talking about are the thought processes we have and the judgments we make. They can apply to biases, but I'm not talking exclusively about that. Mm-hmm. Last question. Can I make a judgment call about that? What's that? It's going to be a good one. Ha, ha, ha. But seriously, do thought processes. Think, <laughs> do you think that we're going to have cyborg grandparents? <sighs> or just parents? Okay. Uh, let's start <laughs> with the fact that um, three out of my four grandparents are dead. Me too. Oh my god, twins! But, uh, no, I don't. I I think they're too bad. They've been dead a while. Yeah. And so I think to make them a cyborg would be wildly inappropriate. Also, I have parents, and, um, I don't think I want to make them a cyborg, uh, personally. But what? But what about you? Or do you do you want to make like Mecha Grandma? I don't want to, but I but think you will. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I will make that choice. But assuming they live another fifty years, you know, you never know how long you know they're gonna. You know, you never. I mean, you uh, you don't know when the technology is gonna you know evolve to that point. All right, with Mecha parents. My parents both wear glasses. Well, my dad had, like, corrective surgery, but, like, pretty sure their eyes would be the first to go mm-hmm. and replaced with, like, laser beams. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe my mom would be better. Like, she's already really good at cooking. Like, it's already top tier. But arguably, making my mom a cyborg just so she can cook bacon faster <laughs> might not be such a bad idea. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to live with my parents forever, so maybe I won't reap the benefits of faster bacon cooking, <laughs> a la Superman, and um, fairly odd parents with the the eyes that like bacon. Right. Laser eyes. I might be hungry. <laughs> Can I make a judgment? Judgment. I think I might be hungry. All right, let's call it. Brandon, <laughs> you didn't answer the question. The you weaved and you dodged. <laughs> answer the question, please. I think that, I don't think we're really going to have cyborg parents. I, I think that most people will opt out yes, of it, and I think it'll be too expensive in our lifetime. I believe that. Now, could we be cyborgs? Yeah, I think the older generations will not want to become cyborgs, but I think ourselves maybe our children maybe our children's children maybe our children's 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 children might be inclined to become a cyborg but i really doubt that that will be a mandatory thing right no it's not mandatory maybe it'll be like for orphans (laughs) who need parents Uh, yeah we were like here Take some family. Take it. Develop normally. Have some good life growth. 
stable foundation. Cyborgs. Cyborgs. Brandon. Yes. Chime in here. Um, chime in. Chime in. Uh, Tell me, <laughs> do you think Cyborgs I mean, for Orphans? My, my, my <laughs> our new nonprofit organization. <laughs> My mind's racing with uh, the AI stuff still. I think we should do a all night mm-hmm. and all day, 24-hour dance-a-thong mm-hmm. to raise money for Cyborgs for Orphans, our new organization. And you exclusively have to do the running man <laughs> or the robot. You can do an in-between, which will look fairly strange because I would would just be like a lock, right? Yeah. Kind of like a scoop, but with your hands without cards straight. And then you just, you go, right? Yep. Like you'd just be like robotic pop and locking, essentially, but like running, running, running. And for that, this has been All Day, All Night. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Tell a friend. Tell your neighbor. Tell a cyborg. Brandon, any other comments? That's all. All right. Have a great day. And a great night.